This was a crazy week. A lot of things happened just a couple days ago. We, you know, we laid Christine Potter to rest out in the graveyard that we have not too far away. She was a great friend, and, uh, but a great intercessor, a great worshiper. If you didn't know Christine Potter, she was an amazing, mighty woman of God. Not your ordinary, you know, Alice, or, you know, I don't mean to be say anything bad about Alice. We may have an Alice here. Forgive me. But I'm just telling you, Christine was one of a kind. 
And uh, so we're just so grateful for her life and her testimony. But you know, we, I had three friends that died in the last, what was it, 10 days, 10 to 12 day period. And Steve Evans, you know, that was a part of our fellowship, mighty man of God and uh, powerful, writing books on the book of Revelation. You know, very timely series. And then my good friend Jerry Wickline, you don't know him, but he was part of the Morningstar Fellowship of Ministries. One of my greatest encouragers. I have his voice. Right before he checked in the hospital, he called me. And uh, I wasn't, I don't know where I was, but he left a message. He could barely speak. But I'll play that to you guys. You know him well. But, you know, I'm going to keep that recording as long as I can. You know, he was just thanking me for being his friend. And anyway, it's no good you losing people that you love. You know what I mean? It's just no good. I remember my dad, you know, telling me one time, he said, you know, Dave, the scripture said, you know, there's no sting that, you know, he's taken the death or sting out of death. He said, I want you to know it stings. And it does. And that scripture is actually talking about the sting of sin. And, um, but you know, I'm amazed too of how we've been on these scriptures and God always confirms what he's doing by the word of God. I'm not going to go there again because I don't want to, you know, stir all that up. James chapter five, but we've been there and the Lord directed me to go there. And if you remember, some of you weren't here, you need to go home and read that scripture actually the whole chapter but it's really about the times in which we're living because it's about this elite group this these globalists these people that they think their god their their god is the god of this world but anyway it says how they condemn and they murder the just remember that we talked about that they murder the just and and there's no resistance and then it gives you some directions on how to live. And anyway, you may want to go back and read all that because I believe we're living in that time. Was it the other day? What day was it? Don came over, Don Potter. We had to pick out a spot, you know, to lay his bride. Now, I knew Don would be, obviously, as I would be, you know, really upset and broken, a broken man. And so he gets out of the car and he walks to me, and I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, he has something from the Lord. I know, I know he's a broken man, but he, the first thing that came out was, when is the church going to awaken? That came out of his mouth. When is the church going to wake up? And then he began, to, he shared some other things. And I told him, I said, you know, Don, you need a little time to, you know, to grieve. It's, it's part of the process. But he has, a, he has something from the Lord he's supposed to deliver. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep at him. I'm going to give him a little space. And then I'm going to get in his space and say, Don, you need to come here and deliver what God's given you. Because we want to hear, thus saith the Lord. And I believe he's, he's got to thus saith the Lord. Now, you know, this, and Don and I, he was saying, you know, this, everything's going to change and and uh, many people will speak on Sundays and things like that. I said, Don, we, we're already, you know, we're moving in that direction. But, but I want to go all the way. I, we don't want the regular Sunday agenda. We want heaven's agenda. 
So you have to, at times, just be real. And I want you to know that God is sovereign. Say, God is sovereign. So, you know, we're all asking these questions. But it wasn't necessarily that this weapon, this virus, whatever you want to say it is, that took some of my friends. It was the treatment. And anyway, I want to encourage you. You need to do this. Just say, I need to do this. This is, now this is real. Before, it was almost secondhand knowledge. I heard the testimony of a pastor in Knoxville about his wife being pregnant. And she goes into the hospital. And she tests positive, and they want to put her on a ventilator. Basically, they want to wipe her out, you know. And Anyway, he had to fight to be able to get them not to do what they wanted to do. Now, so the long story short, his wife and the baby are home. But he was encouraging us to do something. And then after this week, I'm going to really encourage you. You need to get, if you're from North Carolina, it's called a North Carolina medical power of attorney. If you're from another state, I'm just telling you, do what you want to do, but you need to get a power of attorney so that if your loved one goes in the hospital and they lose conscience, you can make the decisions rather than the hospital. Do you understand? You need to be able to say, no, we don't want that. Or yes, this is what we want. Does that make sense? I don't know that it's going to work. But at least you'll have some, some legal voice. You guys understand? How many of you do not know what I'm talking about? Most of you know what I'm talking about, right? So anyway, Shirley and I are filling out ours. If you're by yourself, you're saying, well, who's going to... Just find somebody. Just pick out somebody in the church, your family member, whatever. And you tell them your wishes before, just in case, because we're going into the wintertime, and there may be some um, things that go on, you know, and I, I don't know, but... You know, as we enter these times, you know, last, the topic of last week was standing firm in dangerous times. We're really living in some dangerous times. The Apostle Paul said they're, they're dangerous, and, but Jesus said they're deceptive. So we need to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Since we're just being real, did you guys see the, the picture of the beast that they placed on the lawn in front of the UN. Now, when we saw that first, Shirley and I thought, no, this is a Photoshop. And so, you know, we tossed it off. And then I started getting reports from many, and uh, Lance Warnow and others were writing about this beast. And anyway, it's, you know, people wonder, are they being so cocky? I mean, are they just exposing their agenda before the world? Probably, because it's, you don't even have, they don't even have to expose it. It's already been exposed in the Word of God. But anyway, you look at this beast. It's, got the, the, it's, got, it's, a, it's like a leopard. It's got the, the face of a, a lion, the bear, you know, Paul's. And the name of it, this is interesting, it's called a guardian of peace and security. The guardian of peace. You know what happens when they say peace and safety? Yeah. Yeah, the scripture says, Then sudden destruction shall come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. I said pregnant woman, not pregnant person. 
because they're trying to change, you know, you're supposed to say pregnant person. No, the Bible says pregnant woman. And they shall not escape. But the rest of the story is you are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. And anyway, I don't know what I want to share. I only want to share what God wants me to share. And then I'm really going to do some Christmas stuff. I really am. And I'm going to finish with Psalm 119. Remember, we started there last week. And I'm going to get back and finish that and stuff. But um, anyway, there are a lot of people today, they focus on the goodness of God. But they forget all about the severity of God. Well, that's convenient. They, you know, they forget that the Bible says the rain falls on two groups of people. Who's that? The just and the unjust. Now, if it was up to me, I would say, God, let, her, let it break out. Let it rain cats and dogs on the unjust, but it's going to fall on the just as well. So the only difference is the just have an umbrella, right? We have a place we can run to. They say we don't trust in horses and chariots. We trust in the name of the Lord. You know, some people trust in the power of the resurrection, but they forget the second part of that scripture. What is it? The fellowship of his sufferings. And anyway, you know, there was another one more. I'm just kind of making, no, I'm not. I'm not making time. I'm, I'm going somewhere. But you know that we overcome by the what? The blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and we love not our lives even unto death. You know, going back to that beast, I was trying to think, is that the way the beast looked in my dream? Because I told you about the dream where we were standing before this beast. I can't remember exactly. All I know is, is we're more ready for these days than we know. And that God is, can you believe that you actually have been chosen to live in a time like this? Do you think it's by accident? You think you just showed up on planet Earth, you know, flippantly? No, God has a great purpose. But anyway, they overcome by, they love not their life unto death. And then I was thinking one more thing because I was reading Oswald Chambers and he was reminding us, you know, Jesus did not come to bring peace. He came to bring a sword. And the sword, and Oswald explains this a little bit more, the sword really was to thrust into every false peace, everything that we think would bring peace other than the redemption of Jesus Christ. Because that's the only thing that's going to bring peace. Amen. Are you guys with me today? I know you wanted me just to preach on Christmas. And I am. I'm going to be there. I am. Yes, this is the kind of stuff that happens to me during the week. But anyway, I'm reading this week, Joel chapter 1, verse 1. It says this, the prophet, he's surveying the landscape, looking around at all that's going on, and here's what he, the Lord asks Joel, the prophet, he says, has anything like this happened in your days or in the days of your fathers? And Joel had to look around and say, no, this has not happened. And I can tell you, there are things going on right now that have never happened in history. So what does that mean? If you're alive in this hour, 
It means you're alive at this time in history to be a part of his story that's going to be made known. Because as, G- as Jerry said, he's the only king. He is the king. And men's days are short-lived. And uh, they may get their day in the sun. They might even get their great reset for a short amount of time. But the story's yet to come. So what are you and I going to do in the midst of it? We're going to stand. We're going to live by faith. This is the victory that overcometh the world. What? Even our faith. Isn't it just like God? So many people say, I have faith in him. Isn't it just like God to see if, if the kind of faith you have is the real faith? You know, to see, do you really have faith? Because I think he said something about when he returns, will I really find faith on the earth? And so God's going to give us some tests. You know, I was uh, thinking about also the scripture that men's hearts will fail them from fear of the things coming on the earth. Well, that's not you and me, because our heart's not going to fail us from fear. I have to share just a couple more things, because I know this week they're going to come out with new mandates, and you could see it. I was just trying to watch a little bit of Appalachian State football game yesterday, just a little bit. And all at the scroll at the bottom kept everything about cancellations, the Omicron. Oh, by the way, you know what Omicron means? Moron. Anyway, I'm not going to go there anymore. But the South Africans that discovered it told us it was nothing but a serious cold anyway, even though there's a weapon running about. Now, you also may have seen the um, couple more things. You guys with me? Are you letting me? Are you okay? Because, what was it, the vice president of Pfizer. You know, there's just a few voices left that are sounding the alarm, if you notice. Most of them are gone. You don't hear from them anymore. Some of them are permanently gone. But anyway, the vice president of Pfizer warned that it's like one minute till midnight. And he gave a speech to a group of scientists and he said, we are very close to entering into a totalitarian health tyranny. And he's just trying to sound the alarm. Judith sent me a picture this morning on, by text. She lives in Israel. And they have a poster. And it's a group of Holocaust survivors. And I could show you that if you want to get it. I'll pass it on to you. But the Holocaust survivors have made a poster. And they said, we remember... And they're, they're holding out their hands saying, no, you will not have our children for your experiment. And anyway, I just would um, encourage you to stand, protect your children. You're going to have to be bold and strong. Who was it? One more thing. It was the, the inventor of the mRNA technology. The inventor said, there's no reason to give this to your children. None whatsoever. And he'd sound the alarm warning the parents of the earth. And I would just encourage you, make sure you've done your homework before you take your child. 
Because there's, you know, all through history, there have been times when they sacrificed their children to Baal. And, uh, you know, child sacrifice, you just want to make sure that you know what you're doing and you're hearing what God said to do. Does that make sense? I know they want to restrict our speech. We've got to speak while we can. Because there's going to come a day, it's, it's going to be hard, a little bit harder than it is right now. One more thing. I was thinking, you know, back in the old days, when you would watch a football game on TV, most of the time there was a guy sitting in the end zone, and he had purple, yellow, green, black, white hair. You know, he had his hair colored. And he held up a sign, Jesus saves. You remember that? Or John 3.16. And I used to be a little bit, I'm just being honest, thinking, man, that looks crazy. Lord, I'm glad you didn't call me to do that. And then I thought, you know, wait a minute, that's not a bad thing. Because that's what we're to be, letting the world know in this hour. And if it takes purple and orange and green hair to do it, whatever it takes, the message is still the same. Jesus saves. He is the Savior of the world. And God still loves the world that he gave his only begotten son. And we're going to shout it as long as we have breath to shout it. And I want you to look with it. I want to show you one thing in Isaiah chapter 8. See, I told you I was going to be Christmassy. Then we'll go to Psalm 19 and just look in the Word. But this is powerful. Because you could almost be stuck right here in Isaiah chapter 8. You don't want to get stuck where you're not to be stuck. You don't want to be in sinking sand. You know, we're, we're called to a higher standard. But look in verse 2 of Isaiah. And, and I often look at this at this time of the year. But boy, does it ever fit now. Look in verse 22. Then they will look to the earth, and they will see, what? Trouble and darkness, gloom and anguish. How many of you think that could possibly relate to the times in which we live? So they're looking at trouble, darkness, gloom, and anguish, and they will be driven into darkness. But then you don't want to stop there. You go to chapter 9. And it opens up with nevertheless. Now look down in verse uh, 2. The people who walked in darkness, and then if you skip the next little bit, those who dwell in the land of the shadow of death. I feel like I've dwelt in the land of the shadow of death over these last few days because so many people are dying. But look, that's not the end of the story. The people who walked in darkness have done what? They've seen a great light. And those who dwelt in the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. And then if you skip down in verse 6, it's the perfect setting. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. It's the perfect setting. Do you realize there's probably never been any time since this time in history, like today, where this message is going to be as vital, as as, as important as it's ever been. And that's the greatest hope, because a child was born and a son was given. And then you can read, and we sang about it this morning, and of the government will be upon his shoulder. And of the increase of that government, there will be what? There will be no end. So in other words, to wrap all of this up, the great reset will come and it will go. But the kingdom will come and keep on coming. 
But I'm glad I get to say that. And I'm going to keep shouting that. Because we get to watch all this happen. This is the most, can you believe? We're going to watch it. Unless they turn the TVs off or them, you know, they turn, the, I don't know what all is going to happen. I just know they ain't going to turn him off. And they ain't going to turn you and me off. So anyway, it's a great time, Trace, to be alive. Okay, now let's get back to Psalm 119 and be a good boy. No, no, I'm not going to be a good boy. I, I have a picture of uh, Stephen, our good friend Steve. He would be sitting right over here this morning if he hadn't died. But anyway, I'm going to keep his picture in my Bible, put it on the... And I could see him rooting me on, because he was a great encourager. Steve and my buddy in Kansas, they were the two biggest encouragers I have. So I'm looking at his face, and I can think he's saying, Hey, David... I'm in the great cloud of witnesses right now, and you need to keep running the race while you can, and it's going to be glorious. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be glorious. I could stop right there. That's a pretty good word. It's going to be glorious. So you need to read, you need to remember Isaiah 8, 22, and then Isaiah 9 in the days to come. Now, last week... We started looking in Psalm 119, and we were basing it on the scripture in Proverbs 123, where the promise is, surely I will pour out my spirit upon you, and I will make my words known to you. And we were talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And you know, most of us, when we think of an outpouring of the Spirit, we think about a release of the gifts, you know, there's a stirring of prophecy, and all of that is true. And, you know, words of knowledge and words of wisdom. It also, you know, I believe a release of evangelism. And we're going to see all that happen. And it's all part of the story. But in Proverbs 123, that which we identify with, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, is a fresh revealing of the Word of God. In fact, that's the day we're living. We're living in the day of the revelation. And Jesus is the Word of God. And so he's going to be revealed as we've always believed or dreamed, even beyond our dreams. Way beyond our dreams. The cover is going to come off of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what revelation is all about. And so we're going to get to behold him in all of his glory. That's what, this is what we're looking forward to. And I know that, you know, there's a measure of his glory that will be held back until we see him face to face. I understand. But there's an unfolding, increasing revelation that's going to happen in this life and is going to continue in the life to come. And over in Revelation, or yeah, John, remember, he's on the Isle of Patmos, and the angel, you know, it speaks to John, and he says he's giving testimony that all that he saw, he gives testimony to the testimony of Jesus, and then... He bears witness with the Word of God. I, I want to share a dream I had, and then I'll, I'll get back to some. Because I think all of this fits, and you need to share what God gives you. And in this dream, I was on board this ship. Me and this ugly-looking demon. I'm just being honest. He was pretty ugly. So now, some of them are probably not that ugly, because Satan comes as an angel of light. But this one was ugly. And I did what 
I would do in my flesh. If you're on a ship, you and a demon, I'd try to get away. Or cast him out. Now that would have been, the, you know, but you, when you're dreaming, you only do what your dream, you're doing in your dream. You would think I would have had, you know, something walked up to that demon, you demon in the name of Jesus, cast you in, you know, make him walk the plank. Maybe that's what I should have done, but I'm dreaming. I'm just reporting what I dream. So anyway, in the dream, I run around the front. Of, what, what do you call that? The bow, whatever. And I go on the other side thinking I'm going to be safe on the other side of this, from this demon. And uh, anyway, he's coming. And all of a sudden, part of the ship breaks off. It's like a piece of cardboard or something. I don't know. It's... It could almost be like a magic carpet ride, but that's not what it was. I don't want to get into something weird. It was almost like just a piece of cardboard. And the wind came and, and took me and the cardboard off into the sky. And I'm floating, looking back at the demon. Ah, na, 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 boo, boo, or something. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm out of here, man. You ain't getting me today. This is not your day. Anyway, I'm, and then I think, uh-oh. He's after me. He's in the water and he's in the boat. He's coming. And I'm thinking, if I can just get to the land, I'm going to be safe. Well, not only do I get to the land, I'm flying over this city and I land right in the middle of a power plant. Now, I'm going to, I think I understand what this means. I'll tell you in a moment. But I'm, because I can see the guys wearing their helmet, their hat, you know, the little power hat that you have to wear when you're on site. And they look at me like, how did you get here, you know? And I just kind of, but here, well, what's the Lord saying? We overcome in this hour, number one, the water represents what? The Word of God. We're washed by the water of the Word. Okay, I'm taken off into the wind. What does that represent? The wind of the Holy Spirit. And then I land in a power plant. Pretty simple dream. I'm sorry, I'm a pretty simple guy. It means if you want to walk in power today, you need the Word. And you need the Spirit. And with the Word and the Spirit, you have all the power you need to overcome all that the demonic has to offer. And so we got to be a people of the Word, say of the Word, and a people of the Spirit. And I'm going to be that. How many of you? We're going to be both. We're not going to neglect neither one of them. So anyway, let's go back, back now to um, Psalm 119. And I'm just going to touch on a few things and then we'll pray for you and pray a blessing over you and it's going to be a glorious Christmas Mark it's going to be glorious I know they're going to try to paint a, a horrible picture sometime this week coming from you know Washington but that's not our headquarters we have a little bit higher authority and we're reading the news that is really the news that we need to listen to. So anyway, over in Psalm 119, and we spoke about some things. And I think we ended up in verse 24 where it says, Your testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. The scripture says, Many are the plans of a man's heart, but what? The counsel of the Lord will stand. You get the counsel of the Lord, you can stand firm in that counsel, regardless of what comes your way. And then in verse 25, I think we actually touched on that. He says, revive me according to your word. And I shared with you how I believe there's going to be a revival of the word of God, a hunger for God's word in this hour. I know there's some 
you know, there's some that want to do away with the Word of God. They can do away with it all they want. I'm not going to do away with it. I'm going to run to it more than we ever have in our life. And we're going to find that that's in whom we trust and our refuge is in Him. And then verse 28, my soul melts from heaviness. You ever been heavy? You know, you wake up sometimes in the morning and you feel a sense of heaviness. Sometimes you, you don't know, you may have been sabotaged in the night. So what do you do? You run to the Word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. My soul melts in heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. God's word will be your strength in that hour. Look in verse 29. I'm not going to read every verse. Obviously, it take forever. I'll skip through. But remove from me the way of lying. Verse 30. I have chosen the way of truth. Every day we're going to be confronted with that which is the opposite of the truth and that which is the truth. And we're going to have to decide. Are you going to believe the lie? Are you going to believe the truth? And you have to make a choice. David said, I've chosen the way of truth. How many of you say, I, in this hour, I'm choosing the way of truth? They can lie all they want. I'm, let God be true and every man a liar. But I'm trusting in the truth, which is God's word. He is true. I look down in verse 33. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it. How long? Until the end. Until the end. You know, I was thinking about this week as we had all the people here, the former people. Used to be affiliated with Morningstar. There have been a lot of folks that have come and a lot of folks that have gone. More that have gone that have come. And I was thinking about you know, the pastors that came through this way, because many of those were part of Morningstar, you know, back when these other guys, you know, were, were occupying this position. And I thought, man, I've been here longer than all of those guys. Maybe all of them put together. I don't know, I'm just trying to figure all that out. And I'm just thanking God for the grace to endure. To the end, and that's where we are in this hour. There is grace to endure all things. The grace He's given you is not a quitting grace. It's an enduring grace. You know, just being real, you know, I, I still occasionally watch a little college football because I have a team down south, and, you know, I was a little boy. We grew up. I was the usher at the Tiger football games, and I would tell people where to sit. And uh, you know, you were in the Boy Scouts. But anyway, today, you know, they have what they call the transfer portal. If you don't like the coach, you don't like where the team, you can just transfer out anytime. No penalty, you transfer, and go somewhere. And the day of enduring, it seems like in that particular sport, you know, I think there's something about enduring, paying the price, waiting your turn, suffering. When my son played baseball, the second year of baseball in college, in second year of college, he didn't play a lick. I don't think he even, no way, he did one time. They put him in before he had a chance to warm up, and they crushed him because he didn't have a chance. But anyway, I'll never forget the feeling that I had all year. I hurt. 
I said, God, this is no good. I wanted to tell that coach off. But in college, you can't do that. Now, Little League, you can go and you can, you can get the coach around behind the, the bathhouse, you know, and say, look, you play my son. You know what I mean? You can do that in Little League. But in college, you don't do that. So I, I bit my tongue. But I sure thought a whole lot of stuff in the stands, I'm just telling you. And anyway, he transferred and went to another place, and he became a star his junior year and senior year, and he was all conference, and he went to play semi-pro, and it was really good. But I, I kept thinking about, God, why did my son have to go through that second year? We wasted a whole year. I came to every game, and he didn't play. They didn't put him on the mound. And then it dawned on me, wait a minute. God was in all of that. He was in the process of crushing my son so that he would learn how to rise up out of the ashes when he was called on to. You see, we got to endure some things. You're not to quit. You can't, where are you going to transfer to anyway? Now, people in America, you just transfer your membership. I know you just get up and go somewhere else. But I mean, you stick it out with Jesus Christ in this hour. I don't care how hot it's going to get. He's looking for those who endure all the way to the end. Now, I better go on or we'll never get to the end because Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in all the Bible. So I'll go fast. Look in verse 41. Let your mercies come also to me, O Lord. Your salvation according to what? According to your word. Verse 42, so shall I have an answer for him who reproaches me or who taunts me, for I trust in your word. Take not your word utterly out of my mouth. You want to have success? Let not the word of God depart from your mouth day and night. Meditate upon God. Look in verse 47, and I will delight myself in your commandments, which I love. We're to love God's word. Whatever degree that you love God's word now, I pray God pours out a fresh, you know, some kind of virus of loving God's word. You know what I'm talking about. Just we're being infected with the love that we have for his word. Verse 48, my hands also I will lift up to your commandments, which I love. Verse 49, remember the word to your servant upon which you have caused me to hope. Remember the Apostle Paul. He said, in this life only, if I have hope, we're of all men most what? Pitiable, pitiful. Our hope is way beyond what this life has to offer. We have a hope that's eternal. It goes on in verse 50, for your word has given me life. We not only have hope, we have life. You know, you're not going to run out of hope in this hour. If you run out of gas, you ain't going to run out of hope. Did you hear me, Mark? You're not going to run out. We are not a hopeless people. We are a hopeful people, and we're going to show the world where that needs hope, where hope really comes from, because he's the God of all hope. And then in verse 54, your statutes have been my songs. The statutes, the word, the, my songs. Thank God we are singing a bunch of songs out of the scriptures this morning. And I thank God for all the scriptures I learned when I was a little boy, you know, singing the songs, you know, and some of them may have not been right out of scripture, but they still always were pointing to the word of God. 
You know, remember the old song, I need thee every hour. Oh, listen, I don't know if that's a, what well, it probably is in the scripture, because we need him every hour. And I've got him every hour, and you've got him too. The statutes have been my song in the house of my pilgrimage. You know what pilgrimage means, right? It means we're on a journey. How many of you are glad this is not our final resting place? I'm telling you. You don't want to get too cranked up in what this world has to offer. We're cranked up into what God has to offer. We're laying up treasures above that will no moth Nothing, no thief is going to enter in and steal. Look in verse 66. Teach me your good judgment and knowledge, for I believe your commandments. If I could impart anything to you this morning, it would be the kind of faith, determination that says, I don't care what happens around me. I believe God's commandments. I believe his word. I'm not going to back off. You say, is there any examples in the Scripture? Yes, Jesus said, it is written. He stood on the Word. And He's not going to back up. Now, verse 47. It's one of those you want to be reminded of. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your Word. And we're, how many of you are glad in times of affliction? Because it drives you weird. It drives you to the Word of God. What does God have to say about this? And that's where you're in verse, four, verse 71. It is good for me that I've been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. Verse 81, my soul faints for your salvation. Here it is again. But I hope, where? I hope in your Word. That's where my hope is. Look at that over in verse 85. Now this speaks of the day. The proud have dug pits for me which is not according to your law. All your commandments are faithful. They persecute me wrongfully. And here's one of the greatest prayers you can pray. Help, help me, Lord. They persecute me wrongfully. Help me, Lord. They almost made an end to me on the earth, but I did not forsake your what? Your precepts, your word, your commandments. They almost made an end to me. Some of us are going to get to that place. You're going to say, Lord, they almost made an end to me. But my hope is in your word. And they didn't make an end. Because I have a God that determines my end. Verse 71, it is good for me that I've been afflicted. The law of your mouth, verse 72, is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. Verse 81, my soul faints for your salvation. I hope we already read that. 85 through verse 88 look in verse 89 forever O Lord your word is what settled in heaven that means his word is planted his word is established I mean that's why we pray God let it be your will on earth as it is in heaven because in the in heaven the word of God is forever established it's not you can't it's not going to be altered look down in verse 98 You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies. You know, our enemies think they're really really smart. And and they're not really backing off of what's happening today. Have you noticed that? They're getting really bold. They're telling us they're... But listen, through His Word, we're wiser than our enemies. Verse uh, 
Yeah, verse 101, I've restrained, because I keep your precepts, I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep your word. You see, there's man's way, there's our own way, and there's God's way. And that is Yahweh, and that's who we will follow. And then verse 105, one of my favorite scriptures, maybe one scripture that I memorized, one of the first verses I ever learned, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. How many of you memorized that scripture when you were young? Aren't you glad you remember that? That means the word of God tells you where you are, shows you where you are, but it shows you where you're going and how to get there. Tells you the path, the way. His word is a lamp and a light. And we're not those that are stumbling around in darkness. We're those who have the light of life. And Jesus promised that. And then look down in verse 111. Your testimonies I've taken as a heritage forever. The heritage, your inheritance is not determined by what men take from you. It's determined by what God said he will give to you. Did you well, you didn't hear that very well. Your inheritance. Because they're going to start taxing where you're not going to be able to leave anything. But listen, if it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom and we pass on the kingdom somehow to our descendants and descendants' descendants, they're going to be a whole lot more rich. They're going to be richer than they would have ever been had they not gained from what Uncle Sam will let them hold in their hands. Does that make sense to you? Well, I'm just being real. Look in verse 26. Now, this is big time. It is time for you to act. O Lord, for they've regarded your law as void. They've broken your law. God, it's time for you to rise up. Verse 28, 128, Therefore, all your precepts concerning all things I consider to be right, and I hate every false way. Say all things. Everything in regard to our life, wherever we are, God's word has an answer to it. Absolutely God's word. I've always believed that. And I know that's true. And then 133, direct my steps by your word. And if you do that, look what happens. And let no iniquity have dominion over me. You can walk in freedom. Verse um, 152, concerning your testimonies, I have known of old that you have founded them, how long? Forever. Forever. They're going to last forever. Verse 160, the entirety of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous judgments endure forever. This week, I I saw where, you know, I've shared with you many times how I was called to preach at Ridgecrest, which is what, about an hour and a half away. And it was when I was 19 years old. And and finally, because I wanted to share with them, I've been going back all these years, you know, overlooking that little Uh, area and now they built a lodge but there's still the woods are still there where I knelt down that night and surrendered to ministry and this week I think it was just yesterday I saw if you have a testimony of how God touched you at Ridgecrest please let us know so I tell you I told him man hey guess what happened 40 plus something years ago as a a 19-year-old boy I knelt down and I know exactly where it is and I opened my Bible and I said, God, tonight is a night whatever. I don't know what I said, but I said, God, I'm going to preach your word. And I believe the entirety of your word. I may have not used that word, but I said, I believe your word is true. And for the rest of my life, I'm going to preach this word. 
And anyway, I've been doing it ever since. I finally got to tell somebody about it. And I don't know what they'll do. I also got to tell them about that time. Now, you guys will appreciate this. I'm over, I used to, I go back every year. And I've told you, I never ask them where to put me, but they always, they did up until this year because they're refurbishing that particular part. But every year they would put me in a room facing right above where I knelt down that night in the shadow of the cross because there's a cross right up on the hill and then right below in the woods. I don't know if that cross was there when I was 19 or not, but it's there now. But so in the shadow of the cross, you know, I'm kneeling down. But so I go back every year just to remember. You got to remember where you came from, you know what I mean? And, And I remember that night. Anyway, I'm just minding my own business. I don't know if I was going to the cafeteria or whatever. And I heard an amazing worship from coming from the auditorium. And I go to the auditorium, and there's a group of Slavic believers. I'd say probably a thousand of them. And most of them are Ukrainian. And so I go in, and the speaker's Ukrainian. He's been here. And, you know, Andre, powerful preacher. Anyway, they're all young, young people teens, 20s, 30s, you know, and I'm sitting in there, and it just, I'm thinking, God, this is amazing. These, they're, they're powerful. We're worshiping abandonment, and then it hit me. Wait a minute. They're all from the Ukraine and other countries. Years ago, you remember the story. I was a part. You guys don't know it, so I'm going to tell you. I was a part of one of the first missions teams. To, it was still the USSR. And they sent us in. We, it was a miracle that we even got in. But we, we went in, and supernaturally God gave us an interpreter that got saved. Anyway, we're standing on the bench preaching the gospel. And that, during that, what was it, t- two weeks we were there. Because Shirley thought I'd be gone forever. Three weeks. Three weeks. No wonder you thought I'd be gone forever. And you were pregnant. Seven months pregnant, and I'm preaching the gospel in the former Soviet, it's still a communist country. I remember the statue of Lenin, and I wanted to preach standing next to Lenin. I did, I, was, I just so I went and stood right next to Lenin. I said, move over, buddy, I got something to say. So anyway, now we found out they tore that statue down. They tore it down. But anyway, we're standing on the bench preaching to multitudes, and I'll never forget the tears running down their face. They had not heard the gospel in 70 years, and they were coming to Jesus. All you had to do is just preach John 3, 16. Nothing complicated. Just God so loves you, He loves you, He sent His Son, and He died, and you can know Him. He loves you, and He's come to the Ukraine. He's come to the Soviet Union. And anyway, it was the most amazing thing, all the people that got saved. And there I am many years later, sitting in a a big auditorium with all those Ukrainian and Slavic students. And the Lord said, do you see the fruit that came from the Word of God? And I tell you, that's blown. So anyway, I got to share that story this week. And I don't know if they'll post it anywhere or not. But thank God for all that's happened at that place. A little bit more. Look in verse 165. Great peace have those who do what? Who love your law. And nothing. Say nothing. Nothing causes them to stumble. That means, you look it up in the Hebrew, it's their downfall. 
You know, the enemy always wants to bring things up and says, he tells us, this will lead to your downfall. Uh, there's something wrong there. It didn't lead to my downfall. Nothing causes me to stumble. Great peace have those who love your law. And then verse 170, let my supplication come before you. And then he said, deliver me according to your word. How many of you know what deliver means? It means deliver. It means rescue. In the neck of time, God, when there's no hope anywhere else, we have a deliverer. We have a rescuer. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And I'm so glad for the child that was born and the son that was given. Aren't you? And he's in our midst. Wonderful counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government, there will be no end. So I just want to pray now. You know, when the word of God goes forth... And I think I prayed this when I knelt down that night. I don't know, but it's always been in my spirit. Every time you preach the word of God, every time you read the word, every time you sing the word, you just speak the word. His word will never return void. It will accomplish the purpose for which he sends it. So I'm going to pray that God would just release now that's a washing of the water of the word. Okay, we're going to be... I mean, we're on the ship, we're floating. Anyway, we're on the water. Now the, the wind's about to blow, but I'm praying the word of God would just be released and there'll be a freshness, just the faith. If you want to come up and play something, Mia, if you want, but I want to pray. And then we're going to pray for those that don't know a Savior because the Lord told me to do that because there's people watching. This is the day of salvation. You will not believe how many people are coming to Jesus right now in Uganda and Tanzania and Kenya. Do a little weekly on my porch, looking in my computer, preaching the gospel. I'm still on a mission team. I just can't go there now, right now. But I'm going on the computer screen and on the radio. And people are coming to Jesus. They're telling me it's the most amazing thing. Muslims are coming to faith in Jesus. But Lord, I thank you so much for this hour in which we live, Lord. I thank you for the child that was born. Thank God this child wasn't aborted. It was a child that was born. And then a son that was given. And Lord, I thank you for that man in the end zone that I remember in the crowds all those years he would hold up that sign Jesus saves John 3:16 and I thank you God we get to hold that sign up in this hour that there is a savior there is a savior in the midst of darkness and even gross darkness there is one that has come to deliver and that is mighty to save he's the rescuer the son of the living God Lord, I pray right now, Lord, for peace. I pray for a fresh release of the hope, the joy. God, I pray in the name of Jesus for that strength that comes from the Word of God. Lord, you said that we're washed by the water of the Word. And your Word is what endures forever. And I pray that for every person that's listening in this room and those that are online. I thank you. Your Word is forever settled in heaven. And it will accomplish your purpose. 
And I pray that this day, Lord. Those that need healing, I thank you. You sent your word and your word healed them. I thank you, God, those that need deliverance, literally. I thank you that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And I thank you he came not to compromise, but to cast him out. And Lord, we pray for the power of heaven to break out in this room and online right now. Lord, there are people that need a miracle. Lord, I ask you to do things in this hour that would cause hell to back up and say we should have never attempted what we attempted. Because the, there is a church that's awakened. There is a church that's truly alive in this hour and not going to back off of the truth. And Lord, I thank you for that. I believe you. God, touch people supernaturally, Lord, in this room. In the name of Jesus. I curse cancers right now in Jesus' name. I curse, Lord, every uh, abnormality, Lord, mental illness in the name of Jesus. Pericarditis, mericarditis, I break the powers of darkness right now. Lord, I pray for supernatural healing. However these things happen, I pray for the mercies of God. I thank you the mercies of God are new. They'll never come to an end. And I pray for that, Lord, in the name of Jesus. If you're watching and you don't have a Savior, if you're in this room, I just want to lead you in a prayer of salvation. I don't know any better time. You call upon Him when He is near. You don't call upon Him when it's convenient. You call upon Him when He's near and when He draws you. No one can come to Him unless the Father draws Him. Lord, I thank You right now for the drawing power of God, for the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, that we need a Savior, and we have one, and His name is Jesus. So if you need a Savior right now and God's speaking to you, you say, what must I do? You just admit that. You say, I need God. I need Him. And then you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He died on the cross and that He rose from the dead. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess Him with your mouth, you shall be saved. And then you confess Him and you repent of sin. That means I turn I choose to make an about face. I forsake my own way, and I choose to follow Him and make Jesus my way. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And He'll help you repent. He'll give you the courage and the grace. And then you receive Him by faith, because the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And this is the hour, my friend. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm asking the Lord for a lot of years, but His, His, His coming is near. Man, you can, you can say all these things are coincidence. I'm not living by coincidence. I'm living by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And He told us all about the things that are unfolding on the earth in this hour. And all we have to do is read it. It's His Word. And the timing is up to Him. But I just want to 
I reminded our people the greatest events in all of history is number one, when Jesus came. It's number two, when he came up from the grave. The resurrection changed everything. And then number three is when he comes again. But for you to be ready for his coming again, you must know the one who has come and let him come unto you. And you just say, come, Lord Jesus, into my heart. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And you mean it. And this will be your day of salvation. Just say, dear God, I need you. And I believe in Jesus, that he is the son of God, that he lived a sinless life, And then he sacrificed his perfection for my imperfection. He died the just for the unjust. And I acknowledge my sin before you. And I repent. I confess my sin and I ask you to forgive me. And I turn from my own ways. And I turn my life over to you to follow you for the rest of my life. I thank you for forgiveness that comes through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And I thank you for the new life I have in him that will last forever. Now fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the fire of God and use me for the rest of my life. And I thank you, Lord, that you've chosen me to live in this hour. I'm right on time. Thank you, Lord, I wasn't aborted. Thank you, God, hell couldn't take me out. I thank you, God, that there's a plan and a purpose that you've called me to. And I thank you for the glory which shall be the glory as of the only begotten Son of God. We will behold Him and all of His glory. For Jesus is King, and He's reigning, and He's ruling, and His kingdom, the increase of His kingdom and government, there will be no end. And His kingdom is forever and ever. And I thank you, Lord, And I love you, Jesus. Just tell him, I love you, Jesus. Thank you for giving your life for me. Thank you for dying, and thank you for rising from the dead. And I thank you for this gift of salvation. Hallelujah. And everyone said, Amen and Amen.